The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby! Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler. Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. And he did and the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown! In stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw. Now with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house! Sideline! Pylon! Touchdown! And the dogs are on the board first. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. Welcome into the Punt and Pass podcast. I'm Aaron Murray, and this episode of Punt and Pass is presented by Prize Picks. Hey, are you tired of the grind trying to win on Salary Cap Daily Fantasy? Are you spending so much time trying to set the perfect lineup only to fall short of winning big? where our friends at Prize Picks have created the most simple and fast daily fantasy game. All you have to do is choose over or under correctly on a player's fantasy point projections to win. No competing against thousands of pros while trying to meet a salary cap. With Prize Picks, it's just you versus the projections. They are also the first DFS site to allow you to make cross-sport entries so you can go under on Todd Gurley while taking Ronald Acuna on the over. Prize Picks really is daily fantasy simplified. And here's what they've done for all of our punt and pass listeners. Go to myprizepicks.com slash info or download the app Prize Picks on the Apple App Store or Google Play and use promo code PNP. That's the letter P, the letter N, and the letter P. When you use that, you will get a free two-pick entry to win $25 and they will match your first deposit by 25%. So if you deposit $1,000, you get $250 in promo money, and they'll max you out. If you deposit $4,000, they will give you $1,000 in promo money. Again, that's myprizepicks.com slash info, or download the app and use promo code PNP. Download prize picks, use a promo code PNP for a free two-pick entry and 25% deposit match. Also, follow us on social media at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. Aaron is at Aaron Murray 11. I am at Drew Butler 13. We're giving away a signed football, so go check out what Christina has going on on our Instagram and Twitter pages at Punt and Pass. Aaron, week two was pretty crazy. I don't think we really expected this many storylines on a Monday morning, but here we are. Uh, LSU, huge win. Clemson did what Clemson does. Michigan almost loses. Tennessee's 0-2. Mm. Craziness. What were your main takeaways? I The way LSU played, I watched the game twice, and, and just seeing that offense roll right now, it is. That's your boy, Joe Burrow. Dude, I, I'm, I'm on the Burrow train right now. I, I love what he's doing. I mean, the throws he was making, Herb Street was all over him. I thought he did a great job kind of breaking some of those plays down. Just the accuracy, the timing. 
you know, I said it two weeks ago that when the, the, they had a condensed formation versus Southern, and he threw a ball uh, for a touchdown on a corner stop route, and he threw it before the guy was even close to turning around. The guy turns around, hits him right in the face mask for a touchdown, and yeah. he did that multiple times in the game versus Texas the other night. He looks very comfortable. The offense, the skill on that offense, I mean, Jefferson and, and all the other receivers they have, it's incredible. I, I really do think this team has a legitimate chance to go in there and compete with Alabama. And I'm still a firm believer based on what we're seeing right now in college football. Cause I think the PAC 12 is out. I think the PAC, I think the PAC 12 is done um, right now. It's just not looking too good for that conference that if LSU is 11 and one and that loss to Alabama is a close loss, the way they're looking LSU, I think can get in. I think LSU can get in without playing in the conference championship if they continue on this route right now. So I think that's my biggest takeaway. I think they've, 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 uh, opened up a lot of eyes. And I think right now, if, if I had to choose a Heisman favorite, you got to go with Burrow as my number one. He's the only quarterback that's played a legitimate team on a big stage and is one at the moment. Yep. So I, I like what they're doing. Yeah, that's a huge win. The biggest win of the young college football season by far, LSU going in to Austin, beating a top 10 ranked team on the road. That score, of course, was 45 to 38. So through two weeks, LSU, we're talking about their offense and their quarterback. They scored 55 against Georgia Southern in week one, 45 last week against the number nine ranked Texas Longhorns. My question to you, Aaron, who gets the credit here is it new offensive coordinator steve ensminger is it new passing game coordinator joe brady or is it joe burrow the quarterback who's actually doing it on the field i think everyone gets a little bit of credit i mean obviously you you have to tailor a game plan around who you who your personnel is and, and we're seeing right now that their personnel is heavy heavy with the receivers and a quarterback that has a really tremendous arm great accuracy, great anticipation. So I think it's, it's a mixture. Obviously he has to get the job done on the field, but the coordinators have to drop the game plan to get it ready. So I think Joe Brady and what he brought over from the new Orleans saints, that RPOs, the pass game, the three, four receivers spread you out the concepts. It's, it's, it looks like a pro offense. I mean, it's, it's very similar. It's probably in the sec. It's the most similar to a pro style attack that we see nowadays when you turn on, NFL football on Sunday, the crossing routes, the seams, uh, just the, the overall concepts, a double post with a deep cross coming from the other side, stuff like that, that you don't see a lot of colleges running in nowadays because it isn't just RPO, RPO, RPO. I mean, I covered yeah. games like this past week in Minnesota. Everything was just, you know, either an RPO with a seam over top or an RPO with a slam the inside. And that's all it was. And a lot of teams are doing that nowadays. You watch Florida this past week and that's all they were doing. I mean, these are legitimate for LSU these are legitimate plays like this is stuff that you see on Sunday. And it's, I think it's taken some college teams by storm right now and they're just not ready for it. Um, but we'll see the more they run it. Obviously by the time they play Alabama, they'll have a lot of film on this new offense, a lot of film on burrow and these receivers on figuring out how to stop them. But right now it's, it, it's full steam ahead for LSU. So I think it, it goes a little bit to everyone, the coordinators uh, and Joe Burrow, and then the receivers picking up this offense and going out there and, and running at full speed as well. Yeah, Joe Brady, that passing game coordinator, was an offensive assistant for the New Orleans Saints. That's where a lot of those pro concepts are coming from, as you mentioned, Aaron. And speaking of credit, you just gave credit to all three of those guys. I have to give credit to you. You went 4-0 and against the spread this past weekend. Mm. You are now 12-3 and on the season. I went 2-2, two and two, so we're deadlocked at 12-3 and through two weeks on the season. But most importantly... 
through three weeks, your bonus Aaron Murray lock of the week is 3-0. and You went LSU minus 5.5 last week for your lock of the week, and you have been perfect throughout the season. So hat tip to you, my friend. Here's what's going to happen, though, because I am starting to pick up what you're putting down in regards to LSU. You were very high on Joe Burrow last year. I was kind of hesitant to join along. I'm buying what you're selling with the caveat of being this. When they play Alabama later on in the season, it's going to be the same old shit. I bet you LSU scores like six or ten points. Bama wins. The offense will disappear for a week, and everybody's going to be scratching their heads. I need to get there. You need to persuade me to think that LSU has a real chance to beat Bama in Tuscaloosa because right now I just don't see it. I, I Listen, I, I will Bama right now. I think the biggest thing we saw last year is is their inability to stop the pass. I mean, they couldn't stop the pass versus Georgia. They couldn't stop the pass in the playoffs, and they couldn't stop the pass versus Clemson. Yeah. You know, I, I do think the DBs got better this year. They got some guys back from injury. But overall, I think this team right now has shown the inability to stop teams, <clears throat> excuse me, if they have three or four receivers. So I think that's something it, – it's not just one or two guys for LSU right now. I think it's a, it's a full slate of receivers and running backs that are legitimate threats down the football field. So I think that's something that – gives any team in college football trouble. It's just hard to not, it's hard to have three or four really good DBs to match up with a team that, that, that has that much depth at the receiving position. So I think that's kind of, uh, it, it, it will be difficult for Alabama. I'm not saying LSU is going to win this football game. I think they have a legitimate chance. I think defensively, I like what they're doing defensively. Uh, they need to talk to Willie Taggart and figure out, you know, what can they implement at LSU for the, the hydration? Cause there's way too many guys <laughs> that were dehydrated and cramping up during that game versus Texas. But defensively, they got some studs in all three levels. Uh, and then offensively, I don't really see uh, any kind of weakness within that team. So I, I'm not I'm not buying the fact that LSU is going to go out there and, and have another goose egg like they did last year. I think this is going to be a close football game. I think they're better matched up. I think they have a leader in Joe Burrow. Yeah who's very confident, who's not scared of the spotlight. Obviously, he showed it this week versus Texas on the road week two. And I only think this offense is going to get, is only going to get better, which is a scary thing. Yeah. I mean, this is only week two in a brand new system. You know, they play Alabama, what week seven, week eight, whatever it is. This is only going to continue to get better and better and better and more advanced as the season goes on. So that gives me more confidence as well for this football team. LSU jumped up to number four in the AP poll. That gives the SEC five teams in the top ten. Bama's at two. Georgia's at three. LSU's at four. Auburn is at eight. Florida is at nine, I think. Yeah, let me check that one more time. I think Auburn's at eight. Florida's at nine. That's correct. So, hey, you talked about LSU maybe being able to get in if they uh, keep this up. I know it's early, but things are pointing upwards in Red Stick, Louisiana. Joe Burrow, no doubt. He's leading that Heisman race. All right, let's talk about what else happened. That Clemson-Texas A&M game, kind of a snoozer. I mm-hmm. thought Clemson was going to be able to really shut down A&M's offense. Kellen Munn gets hobbled. Looks like he had a bad wheel about second, third quarter. Uh, ankle was not looking he did, 100%. He didn't look good the entire game, though. He really I mean, didn't. He did not he, look good the entire he game. Looks, honestly, I, I don't want to call him out for this, but I am going to call him out for this. Call him out. He looked. He looked a little scared. You know, he looked. He, he wasn't the same kind of personality. I don't know if he was just trying to. He was super zoned in or super focused or whatever it was. But that first half, he looked shooken. You know, he looked like he wasn't out there playing football, having fun. He, he seemed shook. worried. He seemed tight. 
and you could tell with some of his passes because it was a lot of passes were high. And a lot of times when you're playing in big games as a quarterback and you're a little nervous and you're trying to be perfect, you start to aim the football instead of just throwing it, yeah, letting let it go. Rip. You aim it, and when you aim it, you tend not to follow through, and then the ball will sail on you. And you saw a lot of his passes were high. They were over the receivers' heads. Receivers are having to jump up to go get the football. He just seemed tight. Like I said, he he, he wasn't – he wasn't the Kellen Bond that that we saw last season in this football game. Throughout the season, he wasn't the guy we saw week one that has a big rocket arm that was just letting it rip. I thought he was playing very cautious. I thought he was playing not to lose. And at the end of the day, when you play a team like Clemson, the number one team in the nation, you can't play scared and you can't yeah. play not to lose the game. You got to say, hey, I'm a talented quarterback. I got a big arm. I'm going to let it rip. If I throw a pick, I throw a pick. But you can't go in there worrying about making mistakes because that's when you do make, make mistakes at the end of the day. So I thought he – it was surprising to me because he, he's a guy that he he – I think he kind of shows and shows that he has a lot of confidence. He talks about being great and all this stuff, and, and I thought he kind of went into a shell throughout most of that football game. And I think that cost him because I thought defensively – I thought the defense did a tremendous job for the majority of the, majority of the game. Uh, they kept him in it. It's just offensively they could get nothing going. But – the only thing that matters at the end of the day for us is that they covered the spread for you and uh, for for me that yeah. la- that la- that last second touchdown. I was gonna say how bad of a beat was that? Uh, yeah, but I mean, once again, Trevor Lawrence. Besides the pick at the end of the day, he threw some sweet balls. The one touchdown going to his left was great. Uh, he looked very comfortable. He looked better in week two than he did in week one. But even right now, though, I don't think he's done enough to say. He deserves to be even in the top three of the Heisman voting at, oh, yeah. at the moment. You know, between week one and week two, he really hasn't had that. Okay, I'm, 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 I'm. He hasn't thrown like four or five touchdowns, which yeah. you you would have expected week one or at least on two or three in this week two matchup. So I think he's kind of a distant maybe three or four, maybe even five right now in the Heisman race compared to some other guys who've had a, a hot start to the season. Yeah, it makes sense. You know, there's so much has happened through two weeks. I feel like we're already halfway through the season. I'm glad we're not. But we've had a lot of really good storylines and some pretty marquee matchups. Speaking of that bad beat, yes, Clemson was up 24-3 to three with six seconds left, and A&M called a timeout. It was fourth and goal from the two-yard line, and Kellen Mon threw a touchdown to cover and get those 10 points on the board to Jane Watermeyer, the tight end there for the Aggies. So tough beat, but look, I don't really understand why the media and why the public continues to think Clemson is not going to run away and take advantage of a home field against big teams. This is what they do now. There's no such thing as Clemsoning anymore. Go look back to them going toe-to-toe and knocking around Alabama. They always perform in the biggest of games. Now, last year and two years ago, you can say Syracuse, you can say NC State. Yes, a team is going to have an off week throughout a 12-week season, but when it comes to big games, man, Clemson has the players, they have the talent, they have the mm-hmm. coaching to where they can knock people around and be up 24-3 to against a legitimate Texas A&M team at the end of the game. So we're going to continue to watch Clemson. They have to go up to Syracuse next weekend. And speaking of Syracuse, they got absolutely walloped by Maryland, mm. 63-20. to I did not think that was going to happen. So that was a pretty crazy one as well. And, I'm pumped. Um, I got I got Maryland this weekend. Awesome. I got Maryland at Temple, so I get to see. And I believe Maryland's ranked 21 heading into uh, this week right now. So they're looking pretty dang good. I think yes, Syracuse Maryland a little over- into 21st spot on the AP poll. Uh, Syracuse a little overrated heading into the season. I think people have looked at them these past couple of years, uh, but 
Dude, Maryland, between the first week, they played a cupcake, but then what they did versus Syracuse. Mm. Josh Jackson, the transfer, yeah. balling out. Three touchdowns this football LSU? game. No, Josh Jackson from Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech, that's right, that's right. Virginia Tech, yeah. Uh, the running game's going great. They had 354 yards versus Syracuse. Um, I, it's, it's a good football team, so I'm excited to see him up close and personal this week. Uh, obviously, a great head coach, guy that is known for his offense. So, uh, But, yeah, I think Syracuse... Definitely the already did not look good week one. Tommy DeVito did a better job protecting the football at least this week, but still just no match for 63 points. Maryland came out hot. I think they had 42 points in the first half. So, you know, it, it's it's tough to win football games if your defense is given 42 up in the first half. Yeah, bit of a sleeper in the Big Ten through two weeks. Watch out for Maryland. Speaking of the Big Ten, Ohio State absolutely takes care of Cincinnati 42 to nothing. Aaron, you and I were on the same side on this one. Just said Ohio State's too good. Too deep. Cincinnati is not going to have a chance. Justin Fields, though, 20-25 for 224 yards and a touchdown. And then he ran the ball nine times for 42 yards and two touchdowns as well. So a little four-touchdown day for Justin Fields. How good they is went he 42 nothing. I mean, Justin, between week, I, I, week one, I was talking about how good I thought he looked in the pocket. He was maneuvering well. He was throwing the ball with touch, which is something that we weren't used to seeing. His first year at Georgia, it was like, hey, I got a big rocket arm. Let me show this off. And he showed that off plenty. Trust me, he he was making throws from the left hash to the right side of the field, and then right side of the field, right hash to the left side of the field. I mean, these are NFL type throws, and yeah. even harder because of where the hashes are compared to the NFL hashes. So his arm strength was phenomenal. I thought his footwork has been great. His movement in the pocket, he looks legit. Yeah. Plain and simple. I mean, he and this is a good, really good Cincinnati defense that he was going against. I mean, I know they didn't have maybe the speed that Ohio State has on offense, but I think the biggest knock last year with Ohio State was can they play defense? That last year they had a bunch of dudes on that side of the football, but for some reason they just weren't clicking defensively. And I think right now through the first two weeks, you're like, wow, this is a good, good football team. They're playing great defense. Offensively, you got a, a great quarterback, a great running back in Dobbins. You had some skill on the outside. The offensive line, I think, was a question mark. I even questioned them a little bit. After the first week, uh, they did not play, I don't think, great as a unit, but I thought they made a, a huge stride in week two. They looked great against a better, even better Cincinnati defense. I think there's a, I think this this is a a really good team in the way Michigan played, and we'll talk about Michigan. Yeah. Ohio State would smash Michigan right now. Oh my God. I mean, they did it a year ago. They'll do it this year. Yes. They're gonna do it next year. They did it two years ago. I, I wish to go back and change my preseason pick because Michigan, <laughs> Michigan right now looked Oh, they looked awful. I am off the Michigan train. I am off. Um, I am off it. I'm playing. So they did not look good offensively. Defensively, they looked okay. It, it's tough to go against a triple option, and, and Army runs it really efficiently. But Shea Patterson, he, he's. We talk about Justin Fields being a one pitch quarterback last season with just a fastball, and how he's developed his game, and now he's shown some the ability to throw it with touch. Shea Patterson has no touch. Everything he throws is an absolute rocket, and it's tough for receivers. There's multiple times where he had guys open in the flat, guys open on a five-yard out, and either he misses them because he tries to throw it too hard or he throws it so hard that accuracy goes down because the receiver can't adjust to the football, and the guy catches it, has to adjust his body, and either falls or has to slow down and gets tackled. So he does. He, he doesn't understand pace on the football. No. He doesn't understand touch. It's let me just rocket this thing in there. So a guy that's played that much football and has watched that much film on himself, you would hope between him and the coaching staff that he would learn 
it's not all about RPR, you know, miles per hour on the ball. It's more about location, location, location. And um, he did not look good at all. And it does not give me confidence for the rest of the year for Michigan. No, what I do have confidence though, and if you want to win money on daily fantasy, you go to prize picks, myprizepicks.com. Uh, slash info you enter the code pnp and you go over justin field's fantasy projection and under shea patterson fantasy projection that is exactly what you need to do download prize picks in apple app store or google play store promo code pnp and that's your free two pick entry for 25 bucks over fields under patterson in week three michigan looks like trash they almost lost to army they won an overtime 24 21 army missed a 50 yard field goal it was that poor kid's first ever college attempt he really never had a chance not the best snap not the best hold but they had an opportunity to beat michigan in the big house they didn't number seven michigan squeaks by 24 to 21 speaking of overtime games colorado beat number 25 nebraska mel tucker Mm. 2-0 2-0 in his first two games gets that home win for the Buffaloes. They win 34-31. And then another upset, too, on a last-second field goal, Aaron. Cal. Cal Berkeley beat number 14, Washington, 20-19. to Jacob Eason was looking good, didn't have the best day. But number 14, Washington goes down. And then I'm going to give you one more score here because we're going to talk about a talking point. USC routed number 23, Stanford, Surprised in the Coliseum, 45-20. to Stanford was up 20 to 10 in the second quarter. So you're talking 35 unanswered points for USC, showing a little bit of life. True freshman quarterback Keaton Slovis taking over for JT Daniels. But what I'm talking about here is the Pac 12. Man, what is going on? Are they done through two weeks? Unless USC continues to win football games, which yeah. I don't see happening. Um, I, I, I thought the quarterback absolutely surprised me watching film on him from week one. When he came in for an injured JT Daniels, I was like, this kid is not not very good. I mean, he's he's good, but he's a freshman. He was making a lot of crazy mistakes. He threw a post around the double coverage. I'm like, I don't know if he's going to be ready to go against a Stanford defense that looked pretty good week one. But credit to him. I mean, he came out and balled out 28-33, 377 yards, three touchdowns, and they dominated Stanford. I mean, they went right up and down the football field. But you don't feel good about the conference at all right now. I mean, you got Oregon with a loss, Washington with a loss. I think it's, it's pretty much now it's Utah. Utah needs to win out or USC needs to find a way to continue to win football games. If this conference is going to get a team in and I don't feel confident with either one of them right now, uh, just looking at the team overall. So it's, it's, it's what I'm saying. I think pack 12 through two weeks, Hey, focus on basketball season and, and let the rest <laughs> of the conferences kind of battle it out. But right now it, it, you feel good at, at week four, uh, just watching football that, that Georgia should take care of Notre Dame. So now Notre Dame's out, the Pac 12's out. So now you just have your four conference champions between Big Ten, Big 12, ACC, SEC. And and you feel good about, I think right now you feel good about Alabama. Yeah, they won six or LSU. To 10, and then LSU so, so let's just say right now, Alabama, Ohio State looks at a different level in their conference right now. That's a good conference, though, as well, the Big Ten. Yeah. Uh, but right now you think Ohio State is is definitely, I think, way way ahead of the rest of the, the pack uh, right there. Oklahoma. Obviously, Clemson's in, and Oklahoma looks pretty darn good right now. But I think that game versus Oklahoma-Texas is going to be interesting. Huge. So that's going to be the big that's going to be the big one for say a team like LSU or Georgia to to find a way to sneak into the playoffs. I mean, I think it's all eyes will be on 
I think because I think right now Ohio State's too good and Clemson's too good. So I think it's going to be the Big 12 that's going to have to falter a little bit if the SEC is going to want to get two teams in. Yeah, Alabama took care of New Mexico State 62-10. to Georgia took care of Murray State 63-17. to And speaking of playoffs, one team that will not be there is the Tennessee Volunteers. They are 0-2. They lost to BYU in overtime in Neyland Stadium. That's an 0-2 start. Both games at home. They lost to BYU 29-26. to I tweeted Did at I Paul Feinbaum again. I think I called that last week. I believe week. you did call that last week. I tweeted at Paul Feinbaum again. I want an apology uh, to you, Aaron. I want an apology. I want to go on the Feinbaum show, and I want to start a grassroots Twitter campaign, Butler on Feinbaum, hashtag Butler on Feinbaum, because I just want to ask Paul Feinbaum, what's your deal, man? What's your deal? I mean, you come after my boy with the personal attack. You've proven to be dead wrong. I need an apology. Hashtag about, Butler on Feinbaum. I mean, Cheney, man, $1.6 million. Garantano. Oh, my God. is bad. Even the touchdown he threw in the first quarter should have been a pick. He had lucky as hell. He went right through the linebacker's hands. I mean, he did not look – he just does not look comfortable. He does not look uh, very good in this Jim Cheney offense right now. So I don't know if it's Garantano just not being very good. It could be if it's Cheney just not down up the right plays. But – I mean, absolutely, Tennessee, absolutely happens, love the what picture. What they lose this week? Because you can't say that they're going to – what gives you confidence to say, oh, they're going to go out there and whoop up on Chattanooga? You just don't know. No, you no. really don't. But even if they do win and they're one and two, you look at their next four games after that, Georgia or Florida, at, at Florida, Georgia, Mississippi State who looks really good. Mississippi State looks – like with Tommy Stevens at yeah. quarterback, they look like a good football team. And then at Alabama, so you're. St- I'm looking at this schedule and the way Tennessee's played. They're going to be one, two, three, four, five, six. Am I right? Yeah, one in six heading into South Carolina. Mm. Mm. No, in I, I believe it. That picture it's of your games just to make a bowl. It's crazy. That picture of Phil Fulmer watching Jeremy Pruitt's post game press conference. There is trouble. On Rocky Top, no doubt about that. All right, hey, looking forward to week three, though. Kind of a snoozer of a week. Not too much going on in terms of marquee games. Alabama's at South Carolina. Stanford's at UCF. USC is at BYU. Those games will be pretty fun to watch. Iowa, Iowa State, who knows if the Cyclones can make some noise there. And then really just looking through it. Florida, Kentucky, maybe. Clemson at Syracuse, that'll be pretty good. Hopefully Syracuse shows some signs of life. But uh, week three, kind of taking a little break after two good weeks of marquee matchups. And then, hey, it's Monday morning right now, Aaron. So what all of our listeners need to do is hey, go to my product. Breaking, yeah. breaking news, though. What you got? Um, Kentucky, Terry Wilson yeah, out just, for the season. Just saw that. Terry Wilson yep. out for the season, quarterback for the Kentucky Wildcats. They're going to have a long 2019, yep. but I think that was kind of expected. Bummer to hear about their starting quarterback. Out for the season, Terry Wilson also, with a knee. Also, also, it looks like Jake Bentley as well is out for the year. Yes. Was that a collarbone Did he do? A, a broken collarbone, I think, or shoulder? Ah, let me see. I'm just pulling up the article right now. Not sure what it is, but hey, it's Monday morning. No, mid-foot injury. We'll need surgery. Oh. I thought it was a Yikes. foot, yeah. All right, so Alabama will have fun with uh, the South Carolina Gamecocks this weekend in Columbia. But tonight... If you had a bad weekend like I did on Daily Fantasy, 
Go to MyPrizePicks.com, enter the promo code PNP, get your free two-pick entry to win 25 bucks. Monday Night Football, two games tonight, doubleheader. Listen to these projections, Aaron. Deshaun Watson's projected 23 fantasy points. This is against the Saints. Drew Brees is projected 20.9 against the Texans. And then Alvin Kamara, shout-out Norcross High School, projected 23.5 points. DeAndre Hopkins projected 21.1 points. I like Brees going over 20.9, and I like Kamara going over 23.5. Look, this is in the Superdome. It's going to be loud. I bet the Saints Mm -hmm. run it up on the Texans, so... Deshaun Watson, though, 23 projected points. I hope not. He's against me in fantasy this week. Okay, so, so you're going to go under Deshaun Watson. I'm hoping under for Deshaun Watson. And then you got DeAndre Hopkins, 21.1. I mean, that's a lot for a receiver. You're going to need 21. I'm definitely going under for Hopkins. I mean, that's a lot of points. And the Saints defense, I thought, was pretty good last year. Yeah, for And sure. it's at home. It's going to be loud. Like you said, I think that's the biggest thing is, is just the crowd noise, the excitement for week one football. I like the Saints. I, you know, Drew Boys, Drew Bruce, Drew Brees is my boy. Yes. So I'm going Saints tonight, but I need Deshaun to not have a great day because right now <laughs> I think my fantasy team has 138 points, and the my guy who I'm going against is projected to have 135 points. So I'm projected nice. to win by three. But if Deshaun goes off, then there's most likely I'm going to lose. So I that's gonna let's go Saints. The late games, Broncos, Raiders, Derek Carr projected 15.3. Man, that's low for a quarterback. I'd probably go under that. They do How not about have all Antonio that Brown. AB's, AB's on my fantasy team, too. There you <laughs> go. There you I'm go. Like, what's going on? That's Oh, man. So, hey, oh. if you're uh, if you're needing a good end to your week or a great start to your week, go to myprizepicks.com slash info or download the app. Prize picks, use the promo code PNP. That's the letter P, the letter N, the letter P. You get a free two pick entry to win $25 and a 25% match on your first deposit. We just gave you some surefire winners right there. All right, Aaron, anything on the way out? No, let's, um, like you said, not, maybe not the most exciting week, but hey, if you're bored, you always tune in to Maryland at Temple, 12 o'clock on Saturday. There you go. We'll break it all down later in the week. Awesome. We'll follow us on social media, at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. Aaron is at AaronMurray11. I am at DrewButler13. Go check out that giveaway Christina is doing, and we will talk to you on Thursday. See you.